Hello, everybody. Ella J here on behalf of WrestleZone. And today I'm joined by the leader of the emo heads, Brooke Havoc. So how are you today? What's up? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm fantastic to be speaking with you today because you have some fun news and some fun things coming up. And of course, you are on the brink of your what we call a comeback, which we'll dive into a bit later. But right now, how is your knee feeling? <laughs> uh, both knees are actually feeling great now. Like I've had two surgeries. Yes. I have two brand new knees that are fully recovered and I'm happy I took it slow this time because they feel absolutely like brand new. Great. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get into that a bit later. I'm still, granted, your second one was definitely a lot worse than the first one, at least from what it looked like. But I'm still, again, we'll get into this, but your first one was only like three to six months when normally I feel like it's like six to nine months and you came back within like six months, which is like six, seven months, which is crazy. But, you know, we'll get into that in a bit. Um, but you did just recently train with the heart at the heart dungeon as you started getting back into your groove. So can you tell me more about that experience? Yeah, that was definitely one of the coolest experiences that I've had so far. Um, I got lucky enough to I knew somebody that was training there. Uh, Frank, I don't know if you know him. Uh, he's a ref and uh, he uh talked to them got me the invite and it was all good to go and they just trained at a level that I've never experienced like ever it's, it was insane to see like this group of people that just like go 110 percent every single one of them and just to see the level of training that they have it's like nothing that I've ever experienced before it's pretty crazy I went into it and I was like wow this is a lot but it was so much fun, like getting to get critiques from two of them. Like TJ has like one of the best brains in professional wrestling. And Natty was also great as well. Like one of the goats of women's wrestling. So to get critiques from them was uh, so great. So awesome. Yeah, you got to absorb from really val valuable knowledge and insight from Natalia, Tyson Kid, TJ, as we were talking about. Was there one moment or piece of advice that really stuck with you from that experience? It was just how much they drilled into, like, be physically ready and, like, have your ring lungs and everything like that. Because they really, they do a lot of in-ring cardio and stuff like that. Also, uh, they just had like a whole different outlook on like training for like in-match psychology and stuff like that, that I just learned so much. And of, do you think that you might, uh, obviously upon your return, official return coming up soon, do you think that there's anything psychology wise or a move or something you think you might implement going forward into your work? Uh, yes, definitely. <laughs> So we look forward to that. As we mentioned, you are currently trading from your second comeback as you experienced not one, but two ACL surgeries. But before that, I mean, you were on a really good run following your debut through the Nightmare Factory and, of course, a couple of times on AEW Dark. But, I mean, before your first injury and all of that, did you feel any pressure being presented with some of those bigger opportunities so early in your career? I was definitely really nervous, and it was also surreal to me that like it didn't catch up until after like my first knee injury that I like realized how crazy everything yeah. was but like I was just really in the moment and just trying like 
to do my best and everything that they threw at me. But yeah, it was wild. It's been a wild journey. <laughs> I know. And and here we are. You're about to make your official comeback. But during one of those initial appearances following your debut, I mean, you got to wrestle um, the, the person that you interned with, Britt Baker, at the Nightmare Factory. You obviously wrestled her on AW Dark. But I heard that she taught you a little rule, number five, being the baddest bitch on the block. So how does one exactly become the baddest bitch on the block or what kind of attributes embody that spirit? <laughs> um, yes. Interning under Brit was great. And I, she just has like such a, a confidence that she brings with her everywhere. And I think that's like the first step to, to being the baddest bitch on the block <laughs> and just taking everything that you want, you know, stuff like that. I especially too, especially so early in your career, I mean, acquiring confidence probably can't be easy, especially with something that you're still relatively new to. So what do you think has kind of given you that confidence or what kind of do you think attribute to this confidence boost that you seem that you at least seem to have attributed? Uh, it's definitely I would say one of the biggest things would be all the the support that I have for my coaches from Cody and QT that like having the unwavering support from them is is the only thing that has brought me confidence because I'm such a like shy introverted person naturally (laughs) yeah so to go into a business that you need to be like loud confident all of those things it was really hard to pull out but definitely the nightmare factory has pulled that out of me and I feel like has helped me a lot and if and if anything, you fake it till you make it. You know, I I am yeah. one too who like up until I I would still identify like as an introvert, like on all those personality tests. I've been like pretty smack dab in the middle, but you know, you seem to at least wrestling kind of gives you an excuse to be more accentuated, like you accentuate your personality too. So it gives you a chance to kind of be a performer. And even if you you don't have that confidence, you fake it till you make it, right? Yeah, exactly. Cody always said, leave the other person in the seat when you go up for a promo, anything, a match, leave that person in the seat and just be Brooke Havoc 100%. Do you feel that too, you, you're you still so early, but you've had some time off to kind of regather maybe who, who Brooke Havoc is. Do you kind of have a sense of what you want to portray now or who Brooke Havoc is inside of the ring? Uh, I think I've I've just learned a lot of patience going through uh, two knee surgeries, but also it's like such a fire inside me that has built up from sitting just watching everybody get these crazy opportunities, tournaments, belts, all this stuff that I've just had to sit back and watch. So I just have this fire brewing inside me that I'm ready to just take on everything and just see where it takes me. I'm I'm going to go and just like run with it. <laughs> yeah, and we're so excited for that. And obviously you're going to be the baddest bitch on the block per Britt Baker, but kind of on the similar wavelength. I mean, she obviously had some injury experience. So I don't know, even following your injury, did you ever kind of reconvene with her at all or reach out to her? Uh, she actually checked up like on uh, me after like the first injury and stuff like that. So it was definitely cool to like see that and experience that. 
And I feel like, too, you started off really, really hot, obviously, but that came to a halt at, as your first torn ACL and meniscus, which kept you out of competition for many months, obviously not as severe as the second. But do you recall kind of how you first felt upon that realization of you have just acquired this injury? Yeah, I remember exactly everything about that because it was just so crazy to me, but I've played basketball like all throughout high school, middle yeah. school, and stuff like that. So I already had knee issues. I came into wrestling with a partially torn ACL, but I did get it checked out and they were like, oh, I, you don't need surgery. It'll heal over time. And then obviously that was not the case. So during that match, um, it was it was kind of close to the middle, more of the beginning of the match, I'd say. But I, I was going to follow through at the ropes, give her an elbow. And as soon as I stopped, went for the elbow, like the stop, and we kind of bumped knees. And it just, it like, I heard the pop and everything. And I was like, man, this is not good. And I was like, well, there's nothing I could do. Like, we got to keep going. Mm-hmm. So I like tried to keep going. And I was kind of, you could see I kind of slowed down or like I have like a few little limps, but I still like was able to finish the match and stuff. And I remember I had to go for a crossbody after the the tear. And I was just like, well, I got to do this. And I just threw myself off. The adrenaline was pumping. (laughs) Yeah. And right after it was finished, I like looked up at Paul Turner, who was our ref, and I was like, my knee is done <laughs> and he was like oh my gosh okay we'll get something somebody here right right now so yeah and then Cody uh came out and he like walked me to the medical and stuff like that Layla was there with me the whole time and so I'm really thankful that she like cared and stuff like that because like obviously crazy stuff happens it wasn't her fault at all mm-hmm. it was just crazy accident on my already bad knee but yeah <laughs> was so you mentioned obviously you had pre um like kind of weaker knees I would say was it just in the one or was it both of them before this like through basketball was it one or just both of them Um mainly it was uh the one that I had for surgery on the first time okay. but all of the like cutting and stuff like that in basketball just naturally like wears down your knees so I wasn't too confident in my right knee <laughs> Well, obviously, then you had your recovery process, which they I'm again, I I'm not a medical expert, but we normally don't see a only a three to six month kind of recovery process for a torn ACL. Granted, it probably depended with the this um, the what's it called level of tear that it was. But what did your recovery process like the first time, which I assume is your right knee because you just mentioned that. Uh, it was the the left knee left first. Knee, okay. Yeah, and uh, I the whole thing with that, uh, I never mentioned it, but there was like a miscommunication uh, with like my doctor for that first surgery, and it definitely wasn't three to six months. So uh, it was it was definitely supposed to be the normal recovery of six to twelve, but I just took that and I was like, it was already set in my mind, and I was like three to six months. I'm going to do it in six months and we're going to come back. And I 
it that gutted me the first time because of everything that I had lined up. Like I was supposed to go to different states, to Canada, stuff like that, and then just have everything just stop. And it was something that I had just gotten into. Like I just had my first few matches. Uh, I had like all of that stuff. So like getting it all halted was so like mentally, physically draining. So it was like a really tough process. But the the one thing that did like definitely like keep me like motivated and everything was going to the gym. There was like not a single day that I didn't go, even through like having to be on crutches and stuff. A couple of the like the people at my gym made jokes about it because I was in there on crutches. They're like, don't hurt yourself more. But it was the only thing that could like keep me from being like depressed and anxious and all that stuff so uh that was definitely something cool to find yeah and you came back later in the fall about about six seven months later it seemed like which you know if we're going on the normal track is kind of the early return (laughs) and you wrestled a couple of matches but this time it was your right knee that blew. So I don't exactly know how it happened, but how do you recall how or when you sustained this the second knee injury? Yeah, it's actually like the most embarrassing story in the world, <laughs> but uh, it was in the Young Lions Cup and it was actually in my entrance. So I, I tried. Oh because, my God. So I was like, jumping off the second rope mm-hmm. as soon as I I did a twist with it too so as soon as I came down my right knee just like completely exploded and I tried to walk it off like you can see in the video I tried to walk it off and it just keeps collapsing on me and I was like in my head I was like oh I've, I've done this before I could at least finish my match so we're gonna do this match and I'll worry about it after and I told the ref, I was like, my knee is blown, but I'm going to do the match. We're good. And he was like, okay, don't hurt yourself. Um, but then we start the match. I'm trying to circle. My knee gives out again. And I was like, man, why is why is this happening? Last time I got through the whole match and I was fine. We circle, go to lock up, and it just completely is like, I fall like to the ground just because... Like, I, every time I put weight on the right one, I could just need, see the bottom half of my leg just, like, shift out. To the side, yeah. Yeah, so I after that, I was like, there's no way I'm going to, like, be able to do this match without hurting somebody or hurting myself. So I just, I knew I had to throw in the towel, even though, like, uh, it just gutted me so bad. Like, it hurt so bad to just not be able to finish that. Well, that's something now, probably a move that you're going to avoid in the beginning of your entrance now coming up, I would assume. (laughs) Now, obviously, you've gained a lot of the strength back, but the second go around, you mentioned earlier, kind of, you still had that fire inside you. As you put on your Instagram, your flame may have seemingly dimmed a little bit, a little bit ago, but that fire inside of you still burned strong. So not only was this your first one, but it was your second go around around with this now which has to be even more a little bit disheartening or disappointing how did you center yourself back not only physically but mentally what kept your fire burning through the second time 
Uh, it was just like at those first few months, I just like it was bad. And I was like, man, like, I don't even want to, like, do this anymore. Like, my body's not, like, built for it and stuff like that. Just seeing, like, different, like, I was just, like, in the worst state. But then I just got the biggest, like, outpour of love and support from everybody online, at the shows, like, from the Nightmare Factory. Just so many different, like people that I was like man like if they believe me like if they're giving me all this love and support after two injuries then obviously like I could come back I could do this and I I was like afraid of losing all that support being another injury I'd be like man people are just gonna like forget about me or be like uh she she can't do this but yeah that support has still like gone strong which is so crazy to me and like I'm so grateful for that. So that's definitely what, like, kept me going. And, I mean, on a bright note, too, you kept yourself obviously busy with training, but you also made your Nightmare Factory commentary debut last year, too, which was a new adventure <laughs> for you. So, I mean, how did you prepare for that, and what was that overall experience like in a kind of a new aspect of wrestling? Oh, I'm not going to lie. That was absolutely terrible. <laughs> and it was rough. It was so bad, but... I kind of wanted to just do it for fun and have something to do while I was injured and stuff like that. And I was like, hey, let's give this a go. And then as soon as I started doing this, I was like, yeah, I'm definitely not the person for this. <laughs> but uh, it was funny to see all the comments about it. Uh, yeah, it was I'm, I know I'm not a great commentator, but it was a fun experience. I loved it. Yeah, I mean, you try something new, sometimes things work out, sometimes they don't. But I mean, I mean, it still seems like at least a fond memory to look back on. And you kept yourself pretty occupied while you were away from the ring. So in this last crazy, like almost two years now since it's happened, you know, the first time and through all of, all of that, what do you think? Is there something that you feel that you've learned about yourself or from someone else throughout this period of adversity? uh i just i feel like i've just learned like how much like heart i actually have and how much dedication because there's like through this whole process there hasn't been like a day that i've missed the gym or anything like that i still have gone to training as soon as i could and just like hearing that from other people like a bunch of people have reached out and I'm like man like it's inspiring that you've still like gone 100 percent through these injuries or like when people other people get injured they'll come and like talk to me about it as well so just like seeing that has kind of like made me aware that like I do have like a, a lot of heart for this and I do care a lot about wrestling so yeah. <laughs> you definitely still do, obviously, going forward, too. Is there any certain moves you can't take or protocols that you have to go with forward so you don't re-aggravate either of those knees? No, I've definitely taken my time with this okay. one. It's Good. been, we're almost out of a year from yeah. surgery, and I've done a lot of like crazy stuff, a lot of knees over toes. Uh, that's like a big thing now with knee recovery and all of that has helped me 
insanely like it's been so helpful and I definitely see the strength back and everything and I'm definitely not gonna push certain things that I'm gonna be aware of like being careful with my knee <laughs> and I mean at the time of recording this you do have some appearances coming up at pandemonium pro wrestling on December 4th and then next weekend you'll also be wrestling Bryn Thorne on December 10th so how are you feeling physically and mentally as you soon head back into the ring finally I'm like lit up like I'm so excited I'm hyped and I just can't wait. I can't wait to step back in the ring for an actual match, put on my gear, all that stuff. I'm so like excited to be in that atmosphere again, actually being like able to wrestle. Cause I did a couple like uh, managing with Alan and stuff like yes. that, the injury, but to actually be in the ring wrestling, I, I couldn't be happier, honestly. And, of course, we'll be looking forward to that coming up. Obviously, at the time of recording this, it's before the 4th. But at the when this launches, you will be wrestling Bryn Thorne that upcoming Saturday. So I'm super excited for you. I feel like the West Coast scene is honestly super underrated. Um, Bryn Thorne, you have like Sandra Moon in there, Viva Van. There's so many amazing women on the West Coast scene. So it's cool that you kind of get to be a part of that again. Yeah, and I'm actually wrestling Sandra the day before Brynn, too, in a triple threat with uh, Richie Coy at Oasis. So I'm hyped to get to wrestle those two, like, so quickly in my return. And uh, in February, it was just announced that I'm wrestling Masha at West Coast. So, yeah, I'm so excited. Those are definitely some opponents that we look forward to seeing. And as you kind of get yourself integrated again, you always said said Masha was one of them. Sandra's amazing, too. Lightning in a bottle. Yeah. Love her. Ooh, now that you're kind of back in the game soon, who are some people that you're kind of looking at on your bucket list of who you want to tackle? Yes, I definitely had... Uh, Sandra and Masha on my list, uh, Kid Bandit for sure. We got to have that little class one, class two battle. Uh, Darian Bankston, uh, Kylie Ray has been one like since the beginning of my yeah. training that I've wanted to wrestle. So hopefully I could get a few of these within the next year. I'm, I'm definitely hopeful and I'm going to do whatever I can to get these matches. So I'm excited. I hope so too. That's a great list of talent you have there. Obviously you said you'll be bringing back some gear, assuming you'll probably have some new ones as well. Can you kind of tease or give us any creative or in-ring goals or plans that you have for your official comeback? What can we expect from Brooke Havoc going forward? Uh, I'm excited for everything. I just want to like take over indie wrestling i i want to take over the west coast first uh this is my hometown my area so i just want to get in as many states countries everything as many promotions as i can within the next year so expect seeing me a lot of places hopefully we'll say that fingers crossed we'll we'll see you some places first we'll, we'll start we'll start local and then we'll expand to the entire world to take over Yes, yes. <laughs> but I kind of wanted to close things out. We are in the holiday season coming up, officially Christmas. Christmas is just a couple weeks away, which is crazy to think the year is coming to a close. Would you say that you're a festive person, first of all? 
I definitely. I love the holidays so much. <laughs> now, what would you say is the most interesting holiday decoration you currently or previously owned? Um, I don't know. That's a tough one. I I have the really cool light up Step Brothers <laughs> ugly Christmas sweater because I'm a huge fan of Step Brothers. Um, and my boyfriend Alan got me for that, got me that for Christmas last year. Uh, so I have that. <laughs> I love that. I mean, sweater holiday themed sweaters are always in style. There's no such thing. Sweaters aren't really ugly, to be honest. I love all of them. It's all in the festive <laughs> spirit, right? So I mean, also, do you have any like unique or sacred, like consistent traditions that you do every year or try to do? I can't think of, oh, Christmas cookies. We'll plan a day every year and we'll just make every type of cookie ever. And like we all gather as a family and do that. So that's, I'm always hyped for that. We just jam out to Christmas music the whole time. It's great. Now, two questions. What is your, first of all, what is your favorite type of cookie? Uh, peanut butter chocolate chip. <laughs> Those are good. Those are really good. I'm like, I'm pretty, I love cookies and sweets and all that. I have a really big sweet tooth. And second of all, I mean, you mentioned last year, I saw your funny tweet that it was November 2nd and you're like, oh, holiday music already. <laughs> but we yeah. are, we, it's going to be December. So it's more acceptable now. What are some of your favorite holiday songs? <laughs> um, I love to go with the holiday trap remixes. They just go so hard. Um, But I would definitely say Last Christmas, uh, Baby Please Come Home. Those are bangers. Um, and Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree. So good. <laughs> Classics. And and those you can kind of dance to. I mean, obviously, Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree, that's a dance song, too, I would say. And yeah. lastly, what is one of your favorite holiday memories from childhood or just in life general so far for you? Um... I would probably say just like decorating the tree as a kid is probably the most fun thing ever because like having like picking out your ornaments and like the special ones and just getting together in like your Christmas pajamas and decorating the tree that's definitely one of the best. Now are you one because I know how my household feels about this are you one that puts it up like right after Halloween, right after Thanksgiving, or when do you put up your tree and your decorations? Um, definitely, usually right after Thanksgiving. <laughs> we we pushed for before, like right after Halloween, but my mom's like, it, <laughs> that is too close, guys. You guys gotta chill. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, when a lot a lot of the radio stations, literally when it strikes midnight and November, sometimes even before midnight, they will start playing Christmas music on certain radio stations. So, I mean, yeah. we're just going <laughs> along with like what's out there. But Brooke, before we let you go, can you please tell the listeners where they can find you on all your social medias? Yes, you can find me everywhere at Brooke Havoc. Just Brooke Havoc with a K. You can find me everywhere. <laughs> you got that at on everywhere? I thought it would have yeah. been taken somehow, to be honest. Yeah, me too. The only thing that I had to add a number to was my email, but everything else I got. Yeah, so yeah emails was... <laughs> emails have been around longer than all of those. So it makes sense. So you made out with that at Brooke Havoc. Brooke, thank you so much for joining me today. We look obviously forward to this official comeback you have on the horizon. Thank you so much again.
Thank you so much for having me. <laughs>